Hello, this is Andrew Gilmore, author of Do No Work and Under the Sun, and I'm very excited today to tell you about a new book I have coming out on September 6th called Walking with Christ, 30 Days with Jesus on the Road to Jerusalem. And as you can probably tell by the title, this book is a devotional book. That's the first one of its kind that I've written. What's the book about? Well, rather than talk about it too much, I thought I'd just give you a little excerpt that you could listen to and uh, hear about it for yourself. So without further ado, here it is. Walking with Christ, 30 Days with Jesus on the Road to Jerusalem, published by Sequoia Trails Press. Introduction. Discover God's kingdom in 10 minutes each day. Over the next 30 days, we'll explore three chapters of Luke, starting with Luke 17. If you're like me, you might be used to reading larger chunks of text each day. After all, there's so much Bible to read. To work your way through God's Word in one year, one must read on average over three chapters per day. And yet, we're only going to read three chapters in one month? I do think it is important to read all the way through the Bible on a regular basis, because each and every verse has something to offer the reader who approaches Scripture in an honest pursuit of truth. Some verses, of course, are more poignant than others. Just compare John 3.16 to, say, Leviticus 13.40. If a man's hair falls out from his head, he is bald. He is clean. The first is life-altering. The second, it sounds a bit like a bad joke at a physician's conference, but I digress. Yet just as much as reading the entire Bible is important, there are also times when it is beneficial to dive deep into a few select passages in order to plumb their depths for all the wisdom contained therein. Scripture is so rich that people who have dedicated their entire lives in study of it still uncover new layers and nuances heretofore undiscovered. This happens because, as the book of Hebrews reminds us, the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The Bible is not just a book or collection of books. It is living and it is active in our lives if we'll allow it. This requires that we invest time studying the scriptures. But if you're listening to this, I probably don't need to convince you of the importance of God's word. If I'm guessing right, you're already sold. So why Luke 17 through 19? These three chapters encompass Jesus' final journey to Jerusalem, where he would face ridicule, shame, brutality, and death. This did not come as a surprise to the Lord. He told his disciples what was going to pass. Knowing full well his lot, Jesus didn't run the other way like Jonah, but marched on in obedience. And rather than fret about the cross, he instead used his precious time left to instill in his followers the critical lessons they would need when he was gone. You might call these lessons crucial, a word of Latin origin meaning cross-shaped. Indeed, what Jesus taught the disciples on the road resembles the cross because, as you'll see in this study, he preached forgiveness, humility, and servitude, lessons that contradicted the first century notion of the type of kingdom the Messiah would bring about. The disciples simply could not fathom that Jesus would suffer at the hands of the Gentiles if he were indeed the Messiah we still can't fathom the amazing sacrifice that occurred at Calvary. Though these lessons at times may seem disparate, 
The common thread running through them all is that the kingdom of God is not like the kingdoms on earth. In his kingdom, the humble are the praiseworthy. The sinners are justified, while the religious are left scratching their heads. And children, rather than the best Torah keepers, are models for receiving God's kingdom. Jesus had no concern for the kingdoms of earth, but rather focused exclusively on his mission to bring about the glory of God. His primary concern was not the nation of Israel, as many had hoped, but he understood the Hebrew people were God's vehicle to bring about the Messiah, through whom all peoples on earth will be blessed. Genesis 12.3 NIV Jesus' mission was far more ambitious than restoring a nation to its former glory. He sought to bring life to the entirety of humanity, even the Romans. Such a thought was incomprehensible to most Jews, especially the Pharisees. After all, they were children of the promise made to Abraham, who for two millennia had been God's people exclusively. Jesus set out to straighten the record for his followers, that outcasts and Samaritans were welcome, if only they would place their faith in him. Traveling with Jesus We have few editorial details of Jesus' last journey to Jerusalem, but Luke gives us enough information to piece together a basic understanding of the trip. Jesus was traveling to the holy city to celebrate Passover one last time before his death. Many pilgrims journeyed to Jerusalem to observe the holy festivals instituted in the Law of Moses. Coming from Galilee, Jesus and his disciples traveled south from his base of operations in Capernaum in northern Israel. He intended to pass through Samaria, so he sent some messengers ahead of him to prepare a place to stay. Proceeding south through Samaria was the shortest route, although the path was more mountainous than others. Jesus had already demonstrated a willingness to interact with the Samaritan people, a willingness few Jewish folk possessed when he engaged the woman at the well in John 4. Nevertheless, knowing the Lord was on his way to Jerusalem, the Samaritan village rejected the messengers and Jesus, See Luke 9, 51-56. So the Lord and his disciples turned east before reaching Samaria to head toward the Jordan River Valley. Once they crossed the Jordan, they would head due south before crossing the Jordan again on their way to Jericho. Overall, the terrain was easier on this route, but going this way added at least another day to the five- or six-day journey. In addition, once reaching Jericho, travelers would have to hike over 3,300 feet in a 16-mile span. Jericho sits at over 800 feet below sea level, while Jerusalem's elevation is plus 2,700. This is why the scriptures reference the journey by saying travelers went up to Jerusalem, even though they might be traveling south or southwest. The Importance of Habit In some ways, this devotional might feel like that journey to Jerusalem. Easy one day, but all uphill the next. Some days you might not feel like reading. On others, you will get too busy. The best advice I can give you is to convert your devotion time into a habit. If you already have a routine of quiet time with God, good work. I'd venture to say you're in the minority. If you don't have a routine, it is critical to establish a habit of reading the Word and praying. How? First, commit to quiet time every day, even if you can only spare two minutes. Engaging in the activity every day is more important than any quantity of time in the early stages of developing a habit. Next, use a trigger to signal to your brain that it's time for devotion. A trigger is something you do or see every day without thinking. For example, I always have coffee first thing when I wake up. I use that as my trigger, so when I drink my morning java, I read the Bible and pray. 
Maybe you don't drink coffee. No problem. Your trigger can be anything you consistently do daily. Maybe tie it to eating breakfast or lunch. Leave a bit early for work and read in your car. These are just a few possibilities. Once you identify your trigger and tie it to quiet time, you will effectively short-circuit your brain. You'll start reading the scriptures and praying without thinking about it. In fact, you'll feel off if you don't have quiet time. If you still struggle after identifying your trigger, try giving yourself a reward after each session. This shouldn't be something grand or expensive, just something to reward the more primitive side of your brain. Food is a good one. The reward can be something as basic as a bowl of cereal or a granola bar. The sugar in those foods will release some pleasure chemicals in your brain, and you will subconsciously associate the prior action, devotion time, with the reward. Think Pavlov and his dogs. Although the lengths of these devotions vary, each day's reading should require about five minutes. I recommend you spend at least that much time in prayer, too, which means you need to dedicate only 10 minutes per day to complete this study. Easy, right? But enough of the formalities. Let's proceed to day one. Day one, the consequences of sin. And he said to his disciples, temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Luke 17, 1 and 2. In Luke's gospel, Jesus utters these powerful statements right after telling the parable of a rich man condemned to torment in Hades. Against this context, we can see the seriousness with which God views sin. It is better for us to tie a large rock around our necks and drown in the sea than to lead someone into sin. Although the thought of drowning is not a pleasant one, losing our breath on earth is quick, temporary, and a one-time thing. But if we lead someone away from Christ and into sin, the consequences of sin, of losing the breath of God, are eternal suffering and torment. Life itself on earth is worthless compared to the glory we shall see post-mortem. Because we live in a fallen world, sin abounds. Death, illness, natural disasters, deceit, lust, greed, and murder thrive. And the temptation to give in to the desires of our flesh, to gratify our own bodies and glorify ourselves, rather than submit our will to the Father, is ever-present. But one of the most powerful lies Satan tells is that your sin, this one little thing, won't have serious consequences. We all believe this at times. If we did not, would we sin? If we didn't think we could deal with or live with the results of rebellion against God, would we ever disobey? Jesus here reminds his disciples that sin has serious consequences apart from the grace of God. And when we sin, our crimes are not victimless. There is always someone weaker, a little one, watching. This is not limited to just children, but to anyone young in the faith. Whether intentional or not, sin tends to attract more sin. Perhaps you are one of these little ones of faith. Hold fast to the Spirit and study His Word. Test any words spoken by men and women against Scripture, and through prayer and meditation, let the Spirit guide your conscience to reveal to you what is right. While earthly death is a one-time thing, the second death is eternal. Take a moment to pray that your actions will reveal God's glory rather than lead others to sin. Pray that God will impress upon you the seriousness of sin and lead you to shed your pride and pray for forgiveness. Ask God to guard your heart against the temptations of this world, keeping an eternal focus in all things. Amen.
All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this excerpt from my new book, Walking with Christ, 30 Days with Jesus on the Road to Jerusalem. Uh, Just a reminder, the book will be out on September 6th, and uh, be sure to check it out on uh, Amazon. And thanks for listening. Bye. Well, today is the day. Hi, this is Andrew Gilmore, author of Do No Work and Under the Sun, and I'm excited to let you know that my new book, Walking with Christ, 30 Days with Jesus on the Road to Jerusalem, is out today. That's right, today. And also, I wanted to tell you about a special offer for today only. The book will be 99 cents. So if you're at all interested, um, it's only a buck. Go ahead and grab it. Download it from Amazon.com. After today, the price will increase to uh, $2.99. So Um, If you're interested, go ahead and grab it. I appreciate you guys uh, for listening. Thanks. Bye. Today is the day. Hi, this is Andrew Gilmore, author of Do No Work and Under the Sun. And today, my new book, Walking with Christ, 30 Days with Jesus on the Road to Jerusalem, is out. It's up on Amazon.com. And today only, the book is... 99 cents. So if you're at all interested, go to Amazon and search for Walking with Christ or Andrew Gilmore. You'll see it up there. It's a dollar. So grab it if you're interested. Uh, Tomorrow the price will be going up. So I just wanted to give you guys a heads up. Thanks for listening. If you missed the first episode, uh, you can hear an audio excerpt of the introduction and the first day of the devotional. So I hope you'll check that out if you haven't listened to it. I think you'll enjoy it. Thanks, guys. Bye.